0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we go through this offseason that just does not seem to want to end, but I can say, right, we are getting closer to training camp. It looks like the Buffalo Bills and the rest of the NFL proceeding with the plan to start training camp on July 28th. Um, as fans of the NFL, right, for so many of us, we just look at things. And, yeah, we hope that there's a season that's going to take place. But, you know, as we talk about this season, we talk about expectations. I, I figured this was an important enough topic to bring in a friend of mine He's Steve Vega, the host of the Buff Hub podcast. Steve, how are you doing today, bud?
2: Great. As this F-15, so perfect timingly as always, decides to fly right over my house, I'm doing great. <laughs> every single Listen, time, is, every single time a, I get on a podcast, it never fails that a jet just decides to fly right over at the minute we start. It's great.
1: <laughs> it's a, a special flyover just for you knowing that we're going to be talking Buffalo Bills today. Steve, before we get going and kind of jumping into things here, just so I don't forget before the podcast wraps up, why don't you tell everybody one, where they can find your show and where they can find you on social media and all the great work that you do?
2: Well, absolutely. Well, number one, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I I think just starting off, uh, you know, it's only been about five or six months now. I think I'm going on doing this podcast and being able to connect with different people uh, from different backgrounds. And you guys are my heroes of Buffalo rumblings. You guys all know that. And, um, you know, you can find me at buff hub on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube as well. And, uh, you can find me on Spotify. So just always pushing my content into those three channels. Um, yeah. And I have a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's definitely cool to just get more integrated and, you know, you learn so much more about the culture of football and, you know, just the way, uh, to approach, you know, analyzing a game, analyzing formations, analyzing um, you know, analytics for that example. I mean, it's like there's so many things that have I've been getting into just over the last couple of months that makes me even more excited about the Buffalo Bills because we have not seen statistically and even formation-wise what they're doing in decades. This is a huge time for Bills fans and, you know, NFL fans in general. I mean, this is a really fun time. Uh, to jump on the wagons of whatever team you're a part of. But, you know, over here in Las Vegas, I am on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon for sure.
1: Well, it is great to connect with you. As we had talked about before we started recording, I had been on your show back in June and, and we kind of joked before this, right? Five weeks ago could seem like five months with everything taking place at, at this point. But, you know, with that being said, had a great time catching up with you on that episode. And as we talked, you know, knew I definitely wanted to have you on with us to, to talk Buffalo Bills. And, and really, as we kind of can look forward to this season, right, I think when we talk about expectations, it's not just expectations as a team, but expectations of, of some of the players that really stand out. And this is going to be a bit of that offensive addition for us. And I think as we take a look at things, Steve, I wanted to get your take, right, because, again, as, as we're fans of the team, we take a look at this. The expectations are certainly high. But we know there's some new pieces in place, some guys that are still early in their career. And we take a look at things and you try to temper your expectations just a little bit. I think as Bill's fans, right, we've been right. um, you know, kind of had our struggles over the past. You never want to try to get too high or have your expectations be kind of outside the norm. But with this, you know, you come off of last season, you finish the regular season ten and six, you make the playoffs for the second year under Sean McDermott you see these young guys performing and you start to think to yourself, okay, 2020, Tom Brady's out of the AFC East. Yes, Cam Newton is here now. But with this, um, it's easy to be excited for what could be this season. So there's three guys on the offensive side of the ball I want to talk to you about. Yeah, We can have a brief back and forth with each and really talking about this piece of just what our expectations are. So the first guy I want to throw out there to you Is Devin Singletary, the second year running back, right? I mean, definitely showed flashes during his rookie season, emerging as the primary back for the Buffalo Bills. But let's be honest, when we talk about the expectations for this year, the team invested a third round draft pick in another running back, Zach Moss out of Utah. You know, as we look at this, it's, it's hard to gauge, right? What those expectations could be for Devin Singletary in 2020. And I was curious to get your take here.
2: You know, for me, when I look at a guy like Devin Singletary, I look at a rookie who is not only stellar, but needs more opportunities to really show how valuable he is to this Bills team. Because a lot of people will see sparks and automatically they'll just be all about a guy. But you don't really know what he's all about until you really start to give him more of a load. Was he just explosive based off of being able to split a lot of the reps and then getting more reps in the later of the season when they decided to you know, basically try to get away from Gore. Um, you know, I do look at a lot of what Devin Singletary was able to do, and the one thing that pops in my head in relation to all the guys we're going to talk about is I look at our red zone efficiency. I've been really big about that, and it's funny because when you look at the teams and the top rankings, the top five, I mean, I got one, two teams, no no one two in the top 6 two teams right there that uh they didn't make the playoffs and they have they're in the top 6 of red zone efficiency and here you have the Buffalo Bills in 18th place and you know we made the playoffs and our defense was amazing so what happens if the Buffalo Bills decide to take a guy like Devin Singletary utilize him more in open space get him inside the you know boost that red zone efficiency situation we have a very big need for in Buffalo and um you know Bills fans love to see points. We've been hungering for that for a lot of years. And, um, you know, we, everyone's like, Oh, we need the deep ball. We need this. We need that. I feel like you can't get any of that. Um, unless you start to learn how to be more efficient in tight zone areas, you know, red zone obviously is the biggest zone, but let's say you got a situation of third and eight, you got a situation of uh, you know, third and five. Do you trust Devin Singletary enough to get you that first down? Because in my opinion, it's a, it's a big deal for a running back to get that opportunity. And so a lot of the times you'll see him run the football on first and second down, try to get us in those short yard situations. And then we basically try to, you know, fake out people with Allen and, um, you know, try to push the ball to the middle of the field with Cole Beasley. Uh, but you know, I, I do look at him and I'm like, man, I just want to see what else he can do. I know he's shifty. I know we can do uh, great inside zone rounds and there's a lot of, uh, you know, fakes we can do with him with Allen. Uh, with the read option, but for me, I want to see what else he can do, because when you get a guy like Zach Moss out of the draft, in my eyes, I'm asking myself, are they putting Devin on the hot seat, because they think he can only do a limited amount of things, you know, so are we moving on to what people are thinking about, the running back by committee kind of thing, where we're going to have several running backs, and we're not going to try to commit to one, like we did in the past with LaShawn McCoy, Thurman Thomas, right? So, and we've done that with other several running backs, Travis Henry, uh, Fred Jackson. Um, you know, we've always been trying to find that guy, but I feel like Sean McDermott might be on the other trend of, I don't think we need to focus on one guy. Let's focus on a couple and try to build our offense around a different piece. You know, um, so that's kind well, of what, that's kind of my take on Devin and the situation in Buffalo.
1: Well, and I think the interesting piece too, right? When we talk about running backs, all the time, whether people mean to do it or not. A lot of times they do revert to thinking around fantasy football, right? And I say that because there's an expectation. Well, if you're the lead back, this is the guy that's getting the majority of the carries. And, you know, you can look at so many coaches in the NFL. I mean, obviously they don't care about fantasy football, right? I mean, (laughs) Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And you look at him and, and people would always be frustrated because, oh, he's playing different backs every week, this and that. Listen, he's got a stable of backs that can go in and play, and maybe he's riding the hot hand or going with a different game plan or whatever those pieces may be. You know, now I look at the Bills and think to myself, okay, you have Singletary and Moss that can complement each other where it's not as much of a tell. Where, you know, in the past, when you would have Frank Gore in the lineup, you'd see teams stacking the box for the most part. If he was in the game, he was getting a carry and it just became too predictable. And that's where you just didn't see much of the uh the success with Gore, but enough about him right like when you do talk about singletary i think one of the interesting pieces and you talk about the opportunity for growth with him is as a pass catcher right when he came out of the draft out of fau lane kiffin did not use singletary as a pass catching back right tons of carries out of the backfield but a lot of folks weren't really sure is this somebody that you know could be a receiving threat for the bills and You know, not a major threat in 2019, 29 receptions for 194 yards, just about 6.7 yards per reception. Um, You know, but with that, as you said, right, he's shifty. He can do some different things. Do you look at someone like Devin Singletary and see the greatest opportunity for growth? Maybe is that pass catcher out of the backfield?
2: I mean, considering how he performed in the playoffs, there was one play in particular where he just shook up, you know, shook two guys right off of him and just picked up a first down. And that was off a check down. I mean, and that was in the biggest game of the entire year for the Buffalo Bills. And so I look at the Bills at 18th place in the red zone efficiency. And I look at Houston at ninth place. We probably would have easily won that game had we would have, had we would have been in the 10th spot or 8th spot of red zone efficiency, for sure. When you got a situation where your backs are ineffective in the red zone, maybe they are not being utilized correctly. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. And when you hit the playoffs, you're going to get exploited. Uh, there was only so much the bills could do. And I think a lot of it is trust. You know, I think that's why we've done some acquisitions for Josh Allen this off season, to, you know, give him more confidence, to feel more free to throw the ball to who he believes can make a play for him. Um, you know, I, you can run a play for the tight end and the tight end doesn't get open. Who's open. Who's next. You know, I, I And so a big thing for me is what are they trying to push Allen to do when it comes down to checking the ball down? Do they just want him to keep pushing the ball down the field? And, you know, I I hear what he said over the over the offseason about I'm not going to be captain check down. That alarms me a little bit. I mean, well, in my opinion, there were plenty of times where I'm not asking you to check the ball down all the time. But I mean, if you can get five (laughs) to six yards with Devin Singletary instead of throwing an interception, or, you know, going three and out, you take that, stay on the field. Um, You know, I I guess I'm just a bigger believer in Devin Singletary being, um, you know, an all-around back if he gets the opportunities, um, rather than just, you know, let's throw the ball around to, you know, five receivers all the time because we have the firepower. I feel like, yeah, we, we can have that firepower, but so did Tampa. (laughs) right? right. I mean, uh, you look at all these teams that can score points, but you know, in key down situations, everyone needs to be a threat.
1: Now, let me ask you one last question on Singletary before we move on, right? Because you you take a look at him and I guess my impression is Devin Singletary is is a great back in between the 20s, but then once you get into the red zone, right? If it's first and goal from the six yard line, is Devin Singletary going to be in the game or is Zach Moss? And that's the piece when it comes to expectations that I'm struggling with a little bit. As much as I love Singletary and what he can be, I do question if it's going to be not a, you know, a lead back and a secondary back, but more a 1A and a 1B and does Moss become that that red zone weapon for the Bills when they get to that point.
2: Exactly. You know, I, I think that's the that's the thing for Devin Singletary. I I mean, they they automatically believe this guy's he ain't gonna be no Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> right. So he he's not gonna be one of these stellar running backs like a uh, Todd Gurley. But you look at a guy like Todd Gurley, slumped, got injured, all these other things happened to him. Um, plenty of running backs. I mean, they go through these stages in their career where they're just not able to do uh, what they used to do. And I don't think we have enough on tape to judge Singletary based off of that, because there were times where I saw the third and one, I didn't want Gore to have the ball. I don't think he had enough jump getting off the freaking handoff. It was, it really bothered me a lot of times. Um, you know, I think what has to happen is Josh Allen needs a guy you can trust back there. Simple as that, whether if it's Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, it needs to happen. And it probably needs to happen next year. Because what you don't want is a situation where if he's going to check the ball down, he doesn't trust to check the ball down, and we can't keep the you know keep the drive alive, um, you know. And then you have Jalen, you know, Josh Allen running around like a chicken with his head cut off sometimes, and like he did take a hit against New England because you know maybe in that maybe in several situations where Josh has to slide or whatever he has to run up the field, he doesn't trust checking the ball down on a one-on-one situation for Devin Singletary because he feels like he's going to not get it. I can get it. I'm Josh. I can run it up <laughs> right. the field and get a first down. But I this is the thing that, you know, eventually Josh is going to have to learn how to do that. Why not learn how to do it now? Be healthy. Stay on the field. You know, your running backs are built to take hits. You're not, you know.
1: Well, why don't we do this? Right? I was going to go in a little bit of a different order, but since we're talking about Josh Allen now, let's transition to him. Okay. Right? I think this is the the major topic not just of Bills fans right but when you talk about the let's say the NFL media at large he still remains a bit of a polarizing figure right i mean you you can listen to to different national shows you've got folks that love him you've got others that are you know i'm even just going to say they're they're not sold on him yet and what they have seen so far which i think is understandable for 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 folks too right when it comes to what they might look for in a quarterback but you know, I think that there's a, a piece, right? When you talk about expectations, I hear a lot of folks and they'll say, you know, year three, this is a make or break year for Alan, or he's got to make the leap, or he's got to this. And and I got to be honest, I do struggle with that piece just a little bit, because I, I think that sometimes expectations, right, that's what we're talking about in this podcast today, come into play here. I mean, here was a guy that, right, started his college career playing junior college ball. Then he ends up at Wyoming. Then he gets drafted by the Bills. And at least the expectation or the thought is, is that he will sit the majority of his rookie season, have time to learn and develop transition to the NFL. And oh, by the way, then he's, you know, put into the game against the Baltimore Ravens at halftime in week (laughs) one of the 2018 season. So, right. So you, but so where I'm going with it is right. Like you can, you can look at those pieces and think, okay, baptism by fire as a rookie. I get it. You look at his season in 2019, um, certainly, you know, right, flashes on on both sides, right? Flashes where he looked fantastic. Other games where you're just like, man, he definitely has plenty of room to improve. I guess where I'm going with this is, and I realize, right, you've got fifth-year options and all those things that come into play when you talk about this. But if Josh Allen just makes another step, not a leap, Not a make or break situation. Another step. I don't even want to say similar to the step that he made from 2018 to 2019, but where if, you know, the pass efficiency increases, if he gets over 60%, if you see where they, you know, Brian Dable and the coaching staff, they trust him to throw the ball a bit more, obviously based on some of the weapons that he has. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Like I don't need to see a leap from Josh Allen. I just need to see a step. In the right direction, and I'm not talking like a nitty-bitty baby step. I'm just saying a step in the right direction, and I think we can be okay here. And look at this and say, yes, this can continue to be, you know, our quarterback that we want to give the fifth-year option that we would be talking about a contract extension and all of these pieces. But I realize right there is such a varying takes when it comes to Josh Allen. It's all over the place, and I consider you a very reasonable Bills fan and podcaster, so I just. I need to hear your thoughts, Steve.
2: So I'm going to give you two things. Here's the first one, right? I'm going to okay. be a dad soon. And at some point, my kid's going to have to learn how to ride the bike without his training wheels. It's going to have to yeah. happen. I'm going to have to let him go. And if he hits the mailbox, I'm going to probably have to put a Band-Aid over his head or something, right? <laughs> Look, right. guess what, Bills fans? Dude, you guys got to get get out of your heads. He's going to make mistakes this year. And he probably may make more than you would like, but doesn't it doesn't make him a bad quarterback, right? So I'm going to give you this statistic. Would you believe me that a Hall of Fame quarterback in his third year in the NFL threw 24 interceptions? Yes, and is I Still would revered and, and is still revered, and as thought as one, as and is still thought as one of the greats today. Sure. Okay. Would you believe me that he then threw? over 20 interceptions 5 years in his career. Yes, that's Brett Favre. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, this is the fact. The Buffalo Bills are going to have to get over it. He's going to make mistakes, but they're eventually going to have to fix they're going to have to figure out the way of their madness. If it's going to be on the run game, it's going to have to be the run game. If it's going to be in the passing game, get used to maybe seeing a lot of picks thrown. Doesn't mean you're going to lose games. It just means interceptions are going to happen. He may have a really good year where he's going to maybe throw 13 or 14, but he's throwing the ball a bunch and his completion percentage is a lot higher. But when you're limiting his opportunities, he's always going to look mediocre to everyone. And in Josh Allen's defense, I feel like that's why he's saying, excuse me, as I hit the tables, I'm so fired up. That's why he's saying to everyone I'm not going to be captain Checkdown. Don't judge me based off of my mistakes. Judge me off my playmaking ability and giving my team a chance to win. And let me tell you this. Tyrod Taylor had a great completion percentage. I still to this day will not believe that he is going to give us a better chance to win than Josh Allen. Sure. So... Eventually, people had to have to get over the statistics and understand there is a style. The Buffalo Bills—they're going to figure out their identity, I believe, this year, and we're going to have to get over it. The media probably never will. Stephen A. Smith despises Brett Favre, but people love Brett Favre. It's just like he despises Tony Romo, but people still love Tony Romo. Tony Romo made so many mistakes in his career, but there were so many times he at least gave his team a chance to win. In a big game, he at least gave him a shot, got him to the playoffs. And, you know, that's what you want out of your quarterback, right? Um, No one's going to be Mr. Perfect. And, you know, it's a very rare situation for a Brady Belichick duo to last that long. That was incredibly long. And, you know, we were the victims of it. But that is a shadow that is over Josh Allen's head. And, you know, people need to understand that it's a new era. Things are changing. The NFL is changing linebackers are a lot faster and you know tip your hat off to Tom Brady tip your hat off to Bill Belichick they are in a league of their own but all good things come to an end um you know so for Josh Allen that next step for me I think is going to come from the confidence in the front office and the people he trusts around him to not judge him off of his mistakes and give up on him in the locker room you know
1: well and it does seem like the organization has a level of I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word trust, right? But let's say a level of confidence and Josh Allen is their quarterback. I mean, certainly if there was anything where you wanted to look at this year and say, hey, would they pursue someone like an Andy Dalton to be a backup? I know there was always chatter around Cam Newton having been a now former Carolina Panther, you know, to look at things and say, well, you know what? I mean, yeah, you spent a fifth round draft pick on Jake Fromm, but that's not, you know, I mean, that's more looking at, Matt Barkley's spot, not any way competing with Josh Allen. Correct. That, you know, just a a level of confidence in what he can do. And uh, again, plenty of room for improvement. I don't want anybody to, to listen to this and think we're saying that Josh Allen is the finished product because neither one of us are saying that. But as you do look at these pieces, I think it can be that situation where as you do move forward, you know, if Allen takes that again, that next step that you know the, the Buffalo Bills with their defense with the weapons that they have on offense can be okay and, and again put themselves in a position where they could win the AFC East in twenty
2: twenty. Exactly. You know, I, I think I think we're in a prime position. The training wheels are off. Everything's on a silver platter. Let's see how he handles it. You know, I, I think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he screws up, we may have to live with it for a year. But I just don't think flip-flopping quarterbacks after seeing, uh, you know, the good that he can do is a wise decision because it's just it's not very likely to find someone out of the draft that's gonna that's gonna bring that direct, fast impact right away like a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sat a year, he came out of the gate, unbelievable, right? But um, it's not fair to think that, Oh, we can find another Patrick Mahomes. Look, buddy. Nick's tried to find the next Kaepernick and we got EJ Manuel. Look how that turned out. We need to find who fits us. I think Josh fits the Buffalo bills and we're going to have to ride or die with him, you know, at least for another couple of years. And, um, I, I don't think he's really that terrible. I think it's just, he just got talent last year. You know, everyone's very critical about him, but, Yep. And
1: that is, that's a great point, though, because as you bring it up, right, you can talk about the 2018 season. It, you can look at, right, I mean, training camp, he spent most of his time running as the third string quarterback. And again, then all of a sudden, you're the starter and you're working with guys like Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes and just a <laughs> makeshift <laughs> offensive line. And, you know, you can look at that 2018 season and completely understand. Now you take the step forward in 2019. Granted, you have some Rookie weapons at your disposal in Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox where, you know, hey, okay, you know, guys definitely, you know, Singletary showed what he could do. Knox certainly flashing and and showing plenty of potential for what he can be in the NFL. And they had the two wide receivers and Cole Beasley and John Brown. Now, you go forward with this, right? I mean, certainly two guys coming in, you know, Cole Beasley, a slot receiver, dependable, knowing what you were getting there. John Brown, the interesting case, right? Someone that has really always been a number two in his time in the NFL. Now he becomes the number one receiver for the Bills, over a thousand yards receiving in his first season with Josh Allen. But Brandon Bean and his staff realize we can make an upgrade here to our receiving core and add that true number one wide receiver. And for me, this is the guy that I get most excited about heading into this season Call it the, the shiny new toy on the roster for the Buffalo Bills. But Brandon Bean identifying that, you know, the team needs that bona fide number one wide receiver and goes out and swings the trade to bring in Stefan Diggs. And as I look at Diggs, Steve, right? His season 2019 in, in Minnesota, 63 receptions for 1130 yards and six receiving touchdowns, 17.9 yards per reception. Again, when you look at the yardage, The yards per catch, certainly something that stands out. The piece to me that was the most noteworthy, only 94 targets in Minnesota. Yep. And you talk about the frustration that Diggs had, you know, with Coach Zimmer, with his time, with the offensive scheme that was taking place, right? For that team. I'm not saying that the Bills are just going to force feed him the ball, but I would be shocked if you trade a first round pick, a future fourth round pick other mid-round picks to just bring someone in and give him five targets a game. From my perspective, right, this is a guy that they are bringing in and they are expecting to use as that number one wide receiver. And that's where I get excited about what Stephon Diggs can add to this team because you're taking last year's offense, right, so another year of improvement under Josh Allen and Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary. The offensive line playing together again. Cody Ford hopefully making a step in the right direction. And oh, by the way, now you add Stefan Diggs. Yeah. That type of stuff gets me excited here.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, for me, Stefan Diggs, I think, got exponentially better in 2019 from 2018. And the reason I say that is because I look at his receptions, 102 for 1,021 yards. 2019, right. he then went from 102 receptions to 63 receptions. And had 1,000 yards and 130 yards, 1,130 yards. So, right away, I look at he was literally about 39 receptions less than the year before. What does that tell you? That tells me that he figured out how to how to fix his game, be more efficient, be more explosive. And I think what's going to happen for Stefan Diggs is going to be, I think, even bigger and better than what he what he experienced in Minnesota. Reason being is because Kirk Cousins was not ever able to really extend plays. What's going to be more explosive in Buffalo is that Josh Allen, just like Mahomes, that's like an art form of them. They're like Brett Favre. They can run out of the pocket. And before you know it, Stephon Diggs runs on the other side of the field and we're going to see crazy broken down plays like that because sometimes that's going, that's what it's going to take against really good defenses. And what Stefan Diggs is going to have also is whenever they play cover two, he's going to, I really do think that they're going to try throwing that football down the middle deep. And that's where Stefan Diggs was very efficient. Whenever he got the ball deep down the middle or down the middle to the right, he was very efficient. I love that about him. Obviously, the red zone efficiency is going to really help out with him. Um, You know, the one on one situations, we finally are going to have a guy who is seasoned. I don't think it was fair for Sammy Watkins to just be thrown straight into that role. um, Right. We had him and he got all injured. You know, he was new. (laughs) People were bigger, stronger, just as fast. And he had to figure out how to, you know, get around them, you know, get open in a completely new offense with a not so great quarterback situation. So I think for Stefan Diggs, completely different number 14 situation for him here. Um, you know, he's going to be the key that unlocks our offense to be more explosive. What it's going to come down to. I've said this plenty of times before, I think is going to be the play action game. We know when we're in a passing down, he's going to get doubled, maybe even tripled. Um, and a big thing for getting him going will be to get the running game going. Uh, You know, get that one-on-one, make guys stack the box, so that way we can just toss that ball deep and let him go get it.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: Steve, do you put any stock into the talk around his frustra- frustrations when he was in Minnesota? I mean, I always looked at things myself and said, okay, in 2018, he had 149 targets. In 2019, only 94, right? A drop in 55 targets on the season. And I realize wide receivers, often they have a reputation of being divas and always wanting the ball and always thinking that they're open. But you know, when you look at some of these top wide receivers in the game, it's you know, I don't think that's by mistake. I mean, I looked at this. You heard enough of the interviews. You hear what type of a hard worker he is. I tend to think that more of the frustration would tie to just the lack of usage compared to what it had been in 2018 versus 2019. But I was curious to get your thoughts.
2: I think it's, I think it's just the combination of him, and Kirk Cousins. I don't think they fit well. You know, I, I just look at if you have a, a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, you can't really do much more. Um, that athletic he, athletically he can accomplish and you know running like running to the outside of the field as a quarterback you know on, on a bootleg and stuff like that. You just can't do that with Kirk Cousins. He's dropping back play action, running you know they're running the ball of Dalvin cook and they're hoping that Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen can you know get that separation. I just I, I just felt like if it wasn't for Stefan Diggs, Kirk Cousins would be an irrelevant topic right now. For sure. Right. For sure, for sure. I think um having Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen along with Dalvin Cook and a really good tight end, something's got to give. That's why he he was explosive nonetheless. But, you know, I I think what's going to happen with him and Josh Allen is going to be in my opinion like a young Big Ben with Antonio Brown in his prime. If sure. I say if Josh Allen can really start to look and play like a veteran, like have that confidence, not feel erratic in pressured situations, and if you get hit, you get hit, bud. The best in the game have gotten injured. You can't be afraid to get injured if it. You know if you're trying to win a football game. Um, but again, with that, he's. I'm not saying put yourself in position, Josh, to get injured. You know, I'm just saying. If you need to deliver the ball, sometimes you got to take that hit, and it's gonna hurt. But, I mean, if it's if it's if it's gonna work and you know get you in playoff contention, you're gonna have to make it happen. And I think Stephon Diggs is gonna give him those opportunities. Um, it's again, it's consistency, and it, it it is also one of those things where um, if I'm looking at Stephon Diggs and how he fits in the Bills culture. I think he's a perfect fit because he does one thing that I think is going to be helpful for the offense. He makes you get uncomfortable and play harder. That's Steve, my Steve last
1: question that. last question for you on Diggs, and I, I do agree with that piece. Do you do you look at the the lack of OTAs, the lack of mini camps, all those pieces? I mean, certainly that does not allow Allen and Diggs to develop as much of a rapport as, as we would like to. From that standpoint, how how much of a how much time, I guess, do you think it's going to take these guys to to get up to speed with each other? And, and I know that's a, a question, right? Every situation is different here, but any concerns from your standpoint as it relates to that?
2: Well, if I'm Stephon Diggs, I walk into a Buffalo Bills offensive locker room and I say, "Well, the good news is I'm the only one that's not used to Josh. I'm good. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone else they know how he throws the football. Um, you know, I think Josh." in my opinion, a lot of his completion percentage does fall upon the touch. I do think after looking back at a lot of tape, I have noticed that he'd rifle it way too hard in places that they, the ball doesn't need to go in there that hard. He's open, get him the ball, keep it moving. Um, and I think he's going to, he's built that rapport and that trust with Beasley Brown, you know, even Knox to where when Stefan Diggs gets open, he's, He's going to get the football, and he's going to get used to Josh. Um, I look at, you know, the playoff game in particular. I mean, look who we had to trust in a key situation um, twice who dropped the football. Mr. Duke Williams, right? Um, I don't think those passes that Josh threw would have been dropped by Stephon Diggs. Absolutely would not have been dropped by Stefan Diggs. Um, beautiful back shoulder passes he was throwing to him, and, you know, it's just... Duke Williams probably just isn't that kind of wide receiver for those situations. I think this is why you do invest into a guy like Stefan Diggs. Um, but you know, Hey, at the end of the day, it does come down to uh, the, the rest of the offense, helping him feel comfortable. How do you do that? Execute, just do your job, execute so, until he's able to really get meshed in. Cause we're going to really need him in week uh, three and four.
1: Steve, I I so appreciate you spending the time with us to talk everything Buffalo Bills here on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Before we do uh, part ways tonight, again, give everybody a reminder where they can find all your great work and uh, your podcast and where they can find you on Twitter as well.
2: Absolutely. So you can find me at Buff Hub on Twitter, YouTube, and on Spotify. So um, I'm talking all things Buffalo Bills. I'm also... uh, Hopefully in the future, going to try to expand into hockey. I was a hockey fan growing up. Um, Then I grew up in Florida (laughs) and then uh, the lockdown happened and I wasn't able to really get into hockey that much. So uh, I'm getting back into it. Um, I'm still a fan of the Sabres. So eventually that would be something I want to do. But right now I am all about the Bills and NFL news.
1: Well, listen, love the insight that you bring to the Buff Hub podcast. Like I said, it was a pleasure when I joined your show last month. And I know you've got great things coming up. So uh, just appreciate you spending the time. And of course, for everybody listening, appreciate you tuning in with us. It's always fun to catch up. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get all the great shows we have here at buffalorumblings.com. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, go Bills.
2: More to
0: do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.